Welcome to The Christian Atheist, where faith and reason fuse in the Incarnation. Episode number 128, Chatterview with Rachel Thomas. A few weeks ago, Jenny and I were in the kitchen and Jenny's phone rang. As it was a photography job, Jenny handed me her phone. A pleasant, business-like woman's voice informed us that her photographer had canceled on her daughter Claire's senior pictures at the last minute and asked if we'd like to step in. We, of course, agreed. We looked up Claire's name online immediately following the phone call as Jenny began planning the shoot. If we had the right Claire Thomas that we found online, we learned that she was quite the accomplished young lady at Lancaster Mennonite School. So we arrived. And when Rachel and Claire arrived, they got out of the car and we began the shoot Mm -hmm. and things were going quite swimmingly. And we found out how incredibly accomplished Claire really is because she lined up all of her medals on her arm (laughs) and we took pictures of those. And let me tell you, folks, it was a lot of medals. We never even actually asked you what happened that day at it was, it was the state cross-country meet that day. Yeah. The state. And how did she do? Yeah. She came in in the top, I'm going to say, 30%. Uh, she did not get a medal at states. It's, it's pretty hard to get a medal at states, as you might sure. imagine, to be one of the top 30 runners in the whole state. But <laughs> yeah. out of a pool of thousands of runners, she was in the top. I forget exactly what her place was. I think she might have been 100 and something. Yeah, like 113th or something like that. Yeah. I remember. I remember that day actually wanting to ask you that. And then because we started talking about other things, there were about 14 or 15 different questions that I wanted to ask that day that never got asked. (laughs) (laughs) So we started talking about, towards the end of it, in particular, the Christian faith and Rachel's Mm -hmm. testimony. Mm -hmm. And uh, we didn't get to hear enough of that for our taste either. By the time (laughs) the thing was over, we were so excited about the pictures Yeah, I felt like you guys wanted to respect who Clarence was and Jenny and working with Clarence setting up the poses and things was all about like who she is and can we capture on film who this person is. And yeah, that's sort of how the whole photo shoot went to us. It was so much fun. Oh my goodness, it was so much fun. We got in the car to drive home and Claire was like, that was so cool. Can we do it again? It's like, no. (laughs) Let's see. Anything else? No, she gave us a little bit of a tease right. into her testimony. Right. And, and then we asked for... Then we, there was other things happening. And then we you know, asked her through email, could she tell us the rest? Right. And then so, so she sent us her testimony. And when we read it, Jenny and I both had shivers running up down our spines. So welcome to the Christian Atheist, Rachel. And thanks so much for joining us today. We've been looking thanks forward for to having this. Me. Yeah. And we can't wait to uh, talk with you even more. So we are excited to hear your testimony today because of a lot of the resonances it has with our own. So this is completely informal. So you take us wherever you want to go and and we'll follow along. (laughs) But, But what I'm interested in was the testimony that you sent us. So let me just clarify, Jenny and I are both Gen Xers. You're a millennial. Okay, same. Nope. I'm a Gen Xer. I'm older than I look. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what you're born are, in the 70s. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. So Jenny was born in 1970. I was born in 66. So okay. okay. My husband, yeah, that's so that's very similar. I was born in the 70s. My husband was born in the 60s. Yes. Yeah. And you look very young. I I would have thought you were 
later than that, like in the 80s or something. Well, well thank you. Okay. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm, get, I'm finally getting to the point in my life where looking young is a benefit for a very, for a very long, you know, when I was in my 20s and people thought I was 12 still, you know, it was kind of annoying to have to assert, you know, I am an adult. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm capable I of things. Claire's going yeah. to get that same thing for quite some time. Probably is. Yep. Yes. Yep. I agree. Um, mm -hmm. So, I don't know if I if I want to just ask questions or if I want to just sort of set you free to to tell us because I was so thrilled with the way in which you approach things. You grew up in a nominally Christian home, right? Sort right. of. Yep. Um, and, which I would say is is a situation when I talk to students and families at where I teach at Lancaster Mennonite School, I encounter this a lot. People who are quote unquote Christian because we go to the church where grandma goes to church and we're there more than four or five times a year. So we're going to yeah. say we're Christians. Yeah. Right. So I think that's that's a background that a lot of people resonate with. Yeah. Being okay. nominally Christian. And one, of course, being a philosophy professor, I was really taken aback by the fact that your father was reading with you when, when you were in, what, in high school, high school level? In middle school. I, I read Frankenstein when I was 11. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's we, the we thing read... I did too. Okay. Yeah. One, so one I, I lived in, yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, one of my favorite stories, and I'll shut up. I'm not going to talk as much as mm -hmm. I have from the start here. I, I got in trouble in elementary school and got sent to the principal one time. And it's because I climbed in from recess and went into a closet and read a book instead of being outside in recess. That's hilarious. <laughs> so that's that's who I am. <laughs> so your story about your dad reading the classics with you was absolutely fantastic for me. Yeah. So oh, so great. tell us how it evolved from there. Sure. Um, my parents are both just very academic people. I mean, I have I have grandparents who went to college, which if, as a Gen Xer, like you, you, you can probably resonate with that as well, that that's not something that everybody, that's not everybody's story to have grown up going to school in the 80s and, well, uh, what do you want to do after school? Well, I don't know. My grandpa went to this school, but my my dad went to this college and they were like, what? You have people in your family who went to college? So this was just kind of like, I don't know, our family heritage is that we were academic people. Uh, my mom is a big reader. She she liked to read Chaucer and that sort of thing. You know, I, I got to high school to Brit Lit and already knew the Canterbury Tales and it was right. brand new for everybody else. So this was just something that we did. I didn't have a television growing up. My parents were a little bit of, I, I don't want to use the word hippie, but you know, there was cultural that they were into um, exploring things. And, and whereas normal, quote unquote, normal families, the kid says she's bored and mom says, let's watch this video together or something. You know, my mom was like, here's a clarinet. Let's figure it out. Or my dad would be like, let's read some Nietzsche. Why not? <laughs> they had lots of logic books. I remember playing with logic books and knowing what truth tables were. I don't even remember starting to learn those things. It was just something that was what we did. And uh, yeah, our family discussions around the table were always very, um, very intellectual, I guess I want to say. And that's just the culture that I was raised in, which was a deliberate choice by my parents. So uh, we would read books in school. I'd come home from school in middle school with my book assignments. And I don't know what it was, you know, something real fluffy and nonsense. And my parents would be like, okay, we're going to zip through this in a day. And then the grown up version of that book is blah, 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 you know, uh, which is how I ended up reading Frankenstein when I was 11 or I don't know, Hamlet. I knew Hamlet inside and out before I was in ninth grade. And some of that meant uh, so my dad had ended up being a sociology major in college. He probably would have been a math major, except for some language difficulty. He was, uh, I grew up speaking German and Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania German. So, but as a sociology major, he and which bordered a little bit on philosophy for the schools that he went to, he was really interested in those heavy hitters, right? 
And I read the Communist Manifesto. I read Adam Smith's Wealth of Nations. And that leads also to that. Well, I skimmed the whole thing. Okay. (laughs) It's about infinity pages long. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. And I remember we... I can't remember if I was still in high school, but I think I was when I read uh, Darwin's Origin of Species and Adam Smith's Wealth of Nations kind of parallel side by side. And oh my goodness, I I was taken by how similar they were. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's something I teach economics now. So that's something that's always kind of stuck with me is those how two people can study two disciplines, but have the same overall conclusions, I guess. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the zeitgeist. Um, yeah. So uh, I forget exactly where that was going. But yeah, the culture I grew up in was one of academic stuff. There was also a lot of different family conflicts. And uh, without necessarily acknowledging it, I think my siblings and I were all sort of looking for, what does it all mean? You know? And, and you feel as though your parents were giving you that? Right. Because if all it means is academics, I don't know. It, it can't just stop with that. It can't just stop with thinking. I, I read Descartes and and I thought, no wonder you were so troubled. <laughs> you know, I'm reading through Descartes' thing. I think, therefore, I am. Cognition is the essence of my being. And I was like, no wonder you were frustrated. That can't be it. Like, I'm not content to say, I think, therefore, I am, period. I think. And 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 I hear it in scripture now. Come, let us reason together, saith yeah. the Lord. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it felt a little empty. And for whatever reason, my dad and I decided we were going to read the Bible. That was going to be our next thing. That we were going to do an academic, this is a giant academic piece of literature, let's read it, you know, let's read it and study it. And it turns out that it's pretty challenging, actually. <laughs> yeah. And, and so circuitously skipping over a lot of things, we ended up, the, the church where we had been going was kind of crumbling. We were no longer attending regularly. My brother, my younger brother was involved in the Boy Scouts. He ended up at this church, Lebanon Valley Bible Church, um, and we had to like go pick him up. Uh, and in going there and hearing an actual sermon from the word of God, like a, a lesson from the Bible, not just happy coffee hour socialness, <laughs> you know, like yep. let's feel better, let's assuage our suburban white guilt by going to this building for an hour every Sunday. That's That was my experience of church. Uh, we went to this church where somebody was actually preaching out of the word of God and making sense of the things that were confusing to me. And it was it was sort of mind blowing. You know, I, I had been taught this perception of Christianity as it is for people. Christianity in the Bible is for people who are too stupid to know that there are other things out there. Mm-hmm. And I show up at this place where this like stereotypically old conservative preacher is saying very intelligent things. And it, <laughs> it blew my mind, to be honest. So we ended up going back just to hear things and and over time ended up actually attending church, not just sitting in the back and trying to listen and catch nuggets of explanations so we could understand the points that were confusing to us in this book that we were reading. Uh, and, and I'd love to talk about what was confusing to me the first time I read through the Old Testament. And I was like, I got their numbers wrong. These guys really are dumb. They didn't understand that like squares aren't aesthetically pleasing. But we can talk about all that later. Yeah. So also ultimately I wind up being the feeling the conviction of the holy spirit a, a nice old lady her name was Kay. she was a, a hairdresser in the city of lebanon anyway she sat me down and was like if you've never made a decision to actually like invite jesus into your heart you need to do that that's probably why you're sitting here weeping in the back of this church if you're feeling the conviction of the holy spirit like let me help you get to know jesus better and it's like okay lady 
Um, I <laughs> sat there, you know, what it, how it is when the, when the Holy Spirit gets to you. And I sat there in that pew and I, I prayed with her and, and started regularly going there. I was baptized there a year later. It was, it was almost like an automatic transformation um, as father, it ought to be. My father, father too. did too. Yep. My dad and I got to be baptized together. How cool is that? Who gets yeah, to be baptized? That with is dad? really neat. Yeah. 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 And, and my husband and his mom were baptized on the same day as well that as when he was a young adult. So yeah, we all, we, the two of us have very interesting parallel stories that way before we really got to know each other. Yeah. Which was actually another fun thing. It's funny how the Lord works. Um, I had had a pretty solid crush on a certain handsome young Mike Thomas <laughs> who happened to be at that same church where I had to go pick up my brother. And he's like, Oh, we're definitely coming. <laughs> like God put them together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So ultimately he and that I reminds me of something C.S. Yeah. Lewis said, God is very unscrupulous. <laughs> he's, he's like, <laughs> you know, he puts things, all these sort of strange little traps in your way to capture you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So then I, um, and at that point I was, when I was baptized, I was a student at Bryn Mawr College uh, taking philosophy classes and math classes. And, and it was an interesting road for me to go down, to be a brand new Christian in this very academic place. And I also got a job to try and make ends meet. I worked as a live-in nanny for Orthodox Jews. So I'm <laughs> living with Orthodox Jews reading the Bible and trying to make sense of it as a brand new Christian and going to these classes that are like super, super academic. and and it all, all of it was good. There, there wasn't one of those experiences that I can't look back in hindsight and say wasn't ordained specifically by God for me. Like he knows how we learn. I'm a kinesthetic exactly. learner. I got to live it to know it. And I was living it. Um, mm-hmm. I was reading Galatians, living with people who were stuck in the law and it, <laughs> it all made perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know how much more I want to say here, but there's one uh, fairly recently, in the last five years, I read a tweet or something on social media. It's part the context here was like a very conservative person who was concerned with the direction of quote unquote liberal colleges or whatever you want to call it, right? Education in the United States is going a certain way, and this has troubled this person. And her tweet said, "Don't educate yourself out of your belief in God." And it it rubbed me the wrong way so much. I just read that and I thought, lady. If you're worried that you could educate yourself out of believing in God, then we're not worshiping the same God. Exactly. Yes. There's nothing I can learn that's not going to firm who I think God is, or at least make me question what I understand yes. either way. So Thank anyway, you. that's probably <laughs> that is a, sure. that is one of the underlying principles of of our Christian uh, of the Christian mm-hmm. atheist and our podcast. Mm-hmm. Simple gifts. So I I say everything leads to God when you understand it properly. When you're actually seeking the truth and allowing the truth to affect you, every path will take you to God. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.